Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for subscribing to 28 Days of Glory, daily segments of biblical principle taught by the Right Reverend LaVon and Reverend Selena Breland. I'm excited about tonight. Uh, we are looking at different aspects of um, Bible Scholars Boot Camp, and it has really been a blessing. It's, it's taken a full turn as to the approach in which we're going to discuss our topics, but nonetheless, um, we want to go over some basics. And the basic tonight we want to talk about is the the resurrection of the dead. The resurrection of the dead. Okay. Uh, And we're going to... Well, we're going to begin the resurrection of the dead. Let's say that. and Let's go. We're going to go a different way. And I believe this is going to help us. Um, help us appreciate the work of redemption. All right? Well, let's pray and get right into the lesson. Father, we praise you and thank you for this day, knowing that this is the day that you have made you rejoice and are glad. And thank you for another opportunity to worship you in spirit and in truth. It's the authority of your word that gives me confidence to make boldly known the mysteries of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I do mean to depend on the Holy Spirit as educator and guide to give me clear articulation of speech and deliberation of thought as I may manifold known the wisdom of God. Holy Spirit, I say, have your way. Do what only you can do. Anoint the people's ears to hear what the Spirit has to say to the church. And Father, everything that shall be accomplished and be revealed, you be glorified. For it is in the name of Jesus that we do praise you and give you glory. In Jesus' precious name, amen. I'm going to be right back. Let everybody know that we're on the air. And I will be right back. Give me one second. The question should come to mind in the the heart of every believer is, is why are we so dedicated to the principles in which we believe? And it it, it should be certain things that we all come in agreement with whether we have different distinctions in Christianity that we emphasize, but there should be some principles that we should all come in agreement with. And one of those principles is the the resurrection of the dead. And it is important to note that Christianity hinges on our confidence in God's ability to resurrect the dead. And, um, I think it's important. I don't think I've ever taught on the resurrection, but uh, I think it's nonetheless very much so important because, you know, we say things are so fundamental that we just assume that everyone uh, knows about it, you know. And everyone doesn't know about um, the, the resurrection. And so I think it's important that we go to the Scriptures 
find out what the scripture says about resurrection, and then also kind of build a, 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 a set of convictions around those scriptures that help us affirm what we believe. Whenever we go after believing anything, we have to find a basis to believe them. And the basis of every Christian uh, uh, believing conviction is the word of God. And, of course, we can talk about how the word is living and how it renews us and how it restores us and how it causes us to review those things in the scriptures that align them to the way we apply it to our lives. And so it's important that we resolve every once in a while uh, and reaffirm those things that should be core, you know, giving to the core belief. I never forget, I love the analogy of the uh, of the um, meatloaf, the analogy of the meatloaf and its pans. There was a famous meatloaf that was passed down from generation to generation, and there was a way it was done. And, of course, the, the, there was a great-grandmother, a grandmother, a mother, and a daughter. And a daughter um, had got, gathered the recipe. The daughter wanted to know from the mother the recipe so she could make it in her home. And the mother gave her the ingredients of the of the recipe. They told her how to make it in the pan. And um, the pan, of course, and I said meatloaf, and I meant roast beef. That's a roast beef. I'm sorry, it's roast beef, not meatloaf, but roast beef. So, um, so um, she noticed that in the directions, the the um, the instructions for the roast beef was to split the roast beef in half and place it in two pans. She never understood why that was placed in the the um, the um, instructions or the recipes. So she goes to her mother, and her mother says, "I don't know. I wrote these from my mother." And so she goes. Uh, so the the um, mother goes to the grandmother and asks her why this is placed in the instructions of the recipe. She said, I don't know, I've seen my mother do it. So she goes to her great-grandmother, and the great uh, the grandmother goes to the great-grandmother and says, uh, Mom, why did you put this in the recipe? She said, well, honey, the reason why I put it in the recipe was because I didn't have a pan big enough for the whole pot roast, so I just automatically put it in two pot roasts, <laughs> put, put it in two pans. So there you see a tradition that was passed out from generation to generation all because of a preference of a person's cooking it. Not necessarily um, um, because it was the right thing to do. The scripture says like this, the traditions of men can make God's word of none effect. So we have to be careful of traditions that we substitute as biblical, scriptural passages that we should be living off of. And we have to remind ourselves that just because it was passed down doesn't mean it's so. And we have to be like the Bereans that diligently search the scriptures to see whether those things be so. <clears throat> Resurrection is, is a fundamental because it, it all hinges on us receiving um, the abundance of life, appropriation for sin, acknowledgement of of equality with the Jewish community and the Gentiles, 
And it also um, really affirms our rights, whether our rights in Christ. And if we don't know these things and we don't know the power of the resurrection, then we won't have confidence to raise, to, to, um, to be raised out of the circumstances of our lives. Now, let's talk about this from the, the bit of Scripture. And let's go to Romans. Uh, Romans. And let's go to the... Let's see. And this is just an introduction. I'm warming up. And generally, when I teach fundamentals, I go a little slower because I want to make certain that these things are affirmed in us. Um, and um, I want to make certain that I'm going to the right passage. Praise the Lord. I mean, of course, you know, Romans 8 is the... The greatest chapter, one of the greatest chapters in the Bible go to to read, you can really preach on anything in there, but I want to make certain. Just give me one second. I'm looking through my notes. Uh, there's a particular scripture that I wanted to start with. And, uh, I'm I must have placed it in another notebook. But okay, it's it's quite all right. Uh, okay, yeah, I'm right. <laughs> all right. Let's start at verse 6. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, because the carnal minded is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that which are of the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of him. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, and is alive, um, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. So here we see that the spirit of God causes resurrection to become a reality in the life of a believer through governing ourselves in righteousness. And the, res- and, and the resurrection of the dead is the, is the starting point of our belief in what Jesus achieved. What did Jesus achieve? I remember when I was dealing with the, 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 the uh, what Jesus demonstrated in his ministry and in the flesh, that he demonstrated power over death, power over demons, power over the nature and need um 
power over sickness and disease. Those those examples are all things that he had power, but not only did he have power for that, but he, he paid a high price for redemption. And, and the, the, um, the, the high price was a single sacrifice as the Son of God so that our hope of eternal life is anchored in his resurrection from the dead. So um, let's go to... Uh, Matthew 28. It says, in, that, in the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn, the first day of the week came, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, to see the sepulchre, the place where they buried Jesus. And behold, there was a great earthquake, and the angel of the Lord descended from heaven, came, and rolled back the stone from the door, set upon it. Upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his remnant white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel of the Lord answered and said unto him, Woman, fear not, fear, fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, whom was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen as he said. Come and see the place where the Lord lay. And of course, you know, that, that, that begins a, a mighty triumph to the thing that um, Jesus accomplished on the cross. Now, the cross was the sacrifice, but you have to understand that there was a reason why Jesus was sacrificed. Um, because God needed to establish a sacrifice once and for all. Go with me to Hebrews. And in Hebrews, let's go to the first chapter. We'll pick it up speed a little bit. All right. And God, who in Sunday times and died as men mistaken times passed by unto the fathers by the prophets, but he hath in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom hath, he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom he laid the world, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and the upholding of all things by the word of his power, where he had pur- um, he, he by himself purged our sins, set down on the right hand of the majesty on high, being laid. Uh, so much better than the angels, have an inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they, you know, and then it goes on to, to compare him to angels. But then it also goes on to say in verse 3 of chapter 2, it says, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation which was first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by him that heard of God bearing witness? both with signs and wonders and divers miracles and the gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. And, of course, it goes back into him being superior. And um, of this, but look at verse 11. It says, for both he that sanctifies and they who are sanctified are all one because of Jesus, right? But go back to verse 
10, it says, For it became him for whom all things are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons into glory, to make him the captain of salvation perfect through suffering. So the reason the reason why Jesus endured the cross was to be perfected in the suffering. Innocence is the, the process of sacrifice is to, to uh, display the power of innocence, amen, and, 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 or, and that's what God matured him. He became obedient through the things that he suffered. Now, and it says, for both he that sanctifieth and they which are sanctified are also one. For this cause he is not ashamed to, be called, to call them brothers. So he doesn't make us just uh, servants to him, but he makes us uh, co-laborers with him. Now, wherefore, all things, verse 17, is behold to him to be made like to his brethren, that he might be merciful and faithful, have peace for the things pertaining to God, and make reconciliation for the saints of the people. For in that himself suffered being tempted, he is able to succor them that are tempted. So there's a reason. What I'm what I'm pointing out is the reason why Jesus did what he did. And and at first, you know, uh it was to destroy uh the mentality of the captive. To destroy the mentality of the captive that they could there was no hope. See, when Jesus was walking on the earth it was hard for people to receive him because they believed there was no hope. The Messiah was just a, a, a prophecy, an elusive prophecy that never came to pass. But he had to come in the likeness of sinful flesh and and, and, and through self flesh died. Now, go back to Romans chapter 5. Amen. You know, when, and I'll say this, because part of these uh, teachings, I know this is kind of, you know, Bible study, and it's not one of those uh, uh, inspirational uh, teaches more of a uh, informative teaching uh, because it's that nature. We um, we um, tend to shy off of the study of these things, but some things have to be uh, worked out. Now, Jesus had to uh, to to. Uh, Prove his superiority over over the systems of the world, and the only way he could do that was to eradicate sin. And so uh, it says, therefore being justified, chapter five, verse one. Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have access by faith into the grace where we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulations work with patience and patience experience, and it says hope. Remember what I just told you? They felt that the hope could not that hope could not occur while he was walking on the earth. Verse five it says, Hope and make it not a shame because the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, and yet pre-adventure, a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commanded his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved 
from the wrath through him. For if we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. So not only was it important that he died, but it was also important that he gets back up so that when we would have a, a partial salvation, okay? So Jesus had to, had to fulfill the scripture, but he also had to make, make a way so that hope could be restored. Amen. And, and the only way he could do that is by eradicating sin. It goes on to say, and, and not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we now have received the atonement. Right? What's the atonement? Making good, making good for that which is bad. Wherefore, as by one sin entered into the world and death by sin, so death passed upon all men. For that all have sinned, for until the law sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigns from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is a figure of him that is to come, but not as, as the one's offense, also is a free gift. For if through the offering, Offense of one, many are be dead. Much more the grace of God, the gift of the gift by grace, which is by one man Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many, as it was by the one that sinned. So it is a gift, for the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto. Justification. For if by one man's offense death reigns, by one much more shall receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. So here we see that Jesus not only eradicated sin, but he also eradicated the power of death to reign over our lives. Right, so that's why he can confidently say to be absent from the body and to be present from the Lord, to live as Christ, to die again. Why? Because through understanding his resurrection, we have power over sin and death. All right? Now, therefore, as, as the offense uh, of one judgment came upon all men unto to condemnation, even more by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all unto the justification of life. For as by many, um, as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by one, uh, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abound, grace did much more abound. What is the what is the similitude of 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 the law? Grace. So grace functions just as powerful as the law because it resolves the inaccuracy of the law. So it's important when you, when you discuss grace, and yes, it is favor of God, but it is also a, a, a legal, it is, it, is, it, is a, it is a methodology superior to the legal system that was first introduced to the world as a means of redemption until, until Christ came. The law was a schoolmaster. It was set just in place for children 
that were under the law to reveal to them that there is none right in the sight of God. But when Jesus came, he came to clear up that in the spirit so that we could have a hope and then he could he could magnify the concept of righteousness through, the, through grace, hallelujah, through his death and obedience on the cross. All it took was one sacrifice, okay? So here Jesus was arrested. He had met with his disciples, and after the Passover meal, the disciples followed Jesus to the Mount of Olives and to the Garden of Gethsemane, where he instructed everyone to pray. They all fell asleep. And as Jesus prayed intensely, the angel appeared unto him and strengthened him, and Jesus continued to pray with great intensity to his sweat, uh, until he began to sweat with blood. And after he finished praying, uh, a multitude led by Judas approached him, and Judas um, betrayed him with a kiss, and the Jewish temple soldiers bound Jesus and led him away. And the disciples were embarrassed, they were fearful, and they ran. It was a mockery of justice, because that at the home of Ananias, before Jesus' crucifixion, he went through a series of six trials of examinations. Three were hearings before Jewish leaders where Jesus was mocked, and three trials were conducted by Roman officials. The first trial of examinations was held in the home of Ananias, having served as a high priest for a number of years. Ananias probably knew the events surrounding Jesus. Ananias questioned Jesus about his doctrine, and Jesus um, replied that he had no hidden doctrine. He had openly taught all before all and even the Jewish rulers. And so so Jesus was 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 set as an example to reveal the mockery of the justice system when they arrested him. But he also uh, was set um he went before um he went before Ananias. He was at the, the palace of uh, Syaphas, in Matthew 25, uh, uh, Matthew 26, 57. He also uh, went before the Sanhedrin in Matthew 27 and Mark 15, 1, and Luke 22, 26. These are the six that he went before. He went through Ananias, um, Syphias, or Syphus, or Sanhedrin. He went through the Hall of Pilate. In Matthew 27, and you can all go through the um, Gospels to find these in the Jerusalem um, home of Herod, where Herod's wife stood up for him, and then he returned to the hall of Pilate, and they still couldn't find anything because the system was corrupted. And then they also made fun of Jesus. Uh, you know, and the, the disciples um, uh, really did not stand for him. During the illegal trial, the leaders mocked Jesus for his claims of being the son of God. He was falsely accused by witnesses, but their stories conflicted and lacked um, veracity. In his trials, critics could not dispute the genealogy, fulfillment, miracles, and outstanding teachings and knowledge of the scriptures that he possessed. He was taunted for claims that uh, would reveal him to be the Messiah. And so it was a mockery of him being a Messiah as well as him being Christ. All right? And then, then the crucifixion takes place before um, he was uh, officially destined for capital punishment. He was beaten repeatedly, often 
while blindfolded, spat upon and pierced and mocked and found thorns on his forehead. He was written by Roman soldiers and significantly blooded and weakened physically. While Jewish custom was to stop beating after 39 stripes, the Romans had no such custom. Pilate's intentions was to be uh, was to reveal uh, a wounded, bloody man to the mass of the people he expected to release, but they did not. Surely there would be become passion on such pure-hearted on a pure-hearted man, and they would instead choose to punish a violent murderer. But Pilate greatly misjudged the um, the people that were coming against Jesus, so they asked him to be crucified. Of course, you know he was crucified. Uh, on the third, um, so when we talk about the resurrection, we're talking about him going through this 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 process to get to reign. We see that ultimately he would reign by righteousness, but he would be ruined by ridicule. You get what I'm saying? So he started in the ridicule process, and the ridicule led to death. But he was raised from the dead, and then he began to reveal himself. And it's important to know that um, when he gave up the ghost, and of course you know there are sayings on the cross that he he communicated, uh, various people groups were present at the crucifixion. Multitudes passed by on their way to and from Jerusalem, Roman soldiers, religious leaders, followers, families, and two Thieves were crucified alongside him. Each group was affected differently, and many wild followers were overwhelmed with grief. The soldiers were possibly more stressed than they had um, experienced in other executions due to the special circumstances surrounding Perhaps religious leaders did not remain the entire six hours, but the Passover meal was to be prepared and eaten this day. It is suggested by some that the very hour Jesus died was the hour that the high priest made the sacrifice of the pure lamb for the Jews. Truly, Jesus Christ is the lamb of God, sacrificed for the sins of all humankind. So uh, the resurrection began when he died. He's taken away, and on the third day he arose. All right? The women designed to fulfill the ritual customs of applying spices and ointment to the deceased body of Jesus but were concerned about how they would get to the stone door moved. However, they discovered Jesus' tomb open and guarded not by Roman soldiers, but by angels overwhelmed by the emotions. They were told that Jesus indeed had risen from the dead, and they should spread the good news. At the first of the news of the resurrection was unbelievable to the disciples. However, men desired to see for themselves. Peter and John were the first to reach the tomb and discovered it was empty. The resurrection they began a great sadness among Jesus' followers. However, the groom was destined to turn into gladness after a woman discovered the empty tomb and the message of Jesus' resurrection. Their hearts and their hearts all believed began to turn toward hope and joy for their futures. Over the next 40 days, appeared, uh, Jesus appeared numerous times to his followers. He instructed his disciples to travel to Galilee. He would meet them there for several days. He ministered in Galilee before traveling back to the disciples on his road to Jerusalem. At Galilee, Jesus instructed Peter, and John were given uh, 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 um, instructions during the breakfast. 
fish cooked over an open fire. Some afterwards, Jesus commissioned his disciples, as recorded in Matthew 28, and you can also see Mark 16 and Luke 24 next one. Paul recorded that Jesus' resurrection was observed by many people, including 500 followers at one time. Paul's saying, meaning Christ and a heavenly vision was further witness of the Lord's resurrection power. And you can see 1 Corinthians 15, 5 through 8 for that. So here we see a lot about what Jesus did in a little bit of time. He raised from the dead, one, so that he could, make, he could give command for us to live, so that we can develop the following attributes based on his resurrected power, access to his access to the promises which he provided to his life of sacrifice, access to the promises that he provided. Number two, access to the passions of his heart through the Holy Spirit. Right. Then he also gave us access all he gave access to all people so that all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Then he also gave access to purpose so that we through Christ can extend his love throughout the world. Amen. This is a it's a basic story, but it's a powerful story. If he did not die, we could not live. But because he died and he got up with all power in his hands, we can have hope, we can live sin free, and we can live assured that that same power that raised Jesus from the dead will also quicken our mortal bodies through Christ Jesus. Amen? Now, let's go back to Romans chapter 6. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound God's ability? How shall we live, we that are dead to sin? Live any longer therein? No. Ye not, that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him in baptism, into death, that as that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. If we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is free from sin. Now, if we are dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Right? Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto God, uh, uh, unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those 
that are alive from the dead in your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. Amen. Amen. And amen again. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the basics of the resurrection of the dead, which gives us hope. And that hope makes us not ashamed because of the work that Jesus did through redemption. Dying for us, raising from the dead, revealing himself for 40 days, and empowering us with that resonating spirit, the Holy Spirit, the living and spirit. We thank you for what he's done. And we praise you that this, that basis causes us to live with the hope and an expectation to get in this life everything that pertains to life and godliness and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. We praise you for it in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Well, we trust that whatever you set your hands to do, you will do because greater is he that's within you than he that's within the world. Uh, the Bible says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you shall be saved. And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Would you repeat after me? I do confess with my mouth. I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised Jesus from the dead. I thank God for the work that he did for me at Calvary. Now, if you say that you are born again, believing Christian, we believe that you will be sealed by the day of redemption by the Holy Spirit, that you will be enabled to live the Christian life by his grace and virtues. You'll be connected with the Godly Associations, planning in the Bible, believing, teaching church that you will grow in the admonition of the Lord. We thank, we thank you for listening to, to the broadcast tonight. We do have a prayer center if you would desire evidence for your infilling of the Holy Spirit. And also, any other prayer request that you have, if you can call us for prayer. Look on our blog talk site, and there's a link for you to link up with us in prayer. We thank you for listening to the broadcast. And God bless you, and good night.